Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Latin Rouge Cycling Podcast, presented by Zwift. We had the travel day from the Netherlands, but today is stage four of the Vuelta España. It is the first, to be honest, uh, interesting road stage, although the TTT had huge gaps, 153 kilometers. We're in the Basque Country or going towards it, particularly tomorrow, from Vitoria Gastes to La Guardia. It has a lot of irregular medium mountain climbs throughout the middle of this stage, sort of 5.3K, 7%, 7K is 5%, a very technical descent, and then about a, a short run in and then a final ramp. 900 meters, 8.4% the finish. Don't know how narrow it was. Don't know whether it's more irregular. Don't know the road surface. That sort of gradient, it, all of that can make a big difference between Pater winning or Igita winning. Uh, and yeah, that's basically, it was a very tricky stage to call. I think we. I went with Pacher, her originally in the preview from the break, sort of right, definitely wrong, because we had a breakaway with Lutschenko in it, Benji. I was surprised because I thought he came top 10 in the Tour de France GC last year, and this is a parkour that is and really year, good right? for him. Did he? I think he slipped into the top 10 this year as well, but I could be wrong in that aspect. Nonetheless, he was in the breakaway together with Demarki Okamika once again. He's the guy that was in the breakaway yesterday. No, not on the rest day. I mean, before the rest day. And it was that dude that in Andalusia got slapped by Hedegots on that hill that I spoke about last time. James Shaw, pretty good climber in my opinion. Jared Drisners, wasn't he supposed to be signed as a lead out at Lotto Sudal back in the day? And now he yeah, he's kind had of a bad crash stuff. at UAE Tour. Yeah, um, yeah, and true. he's just coming back from that. First race back, La Vuelta. That's that's pretty crazy, to be honest. And it's good to see him back in the peloton. As simple as that. Also, Juan Bao from I think Oiskaltel. Yes, indeed, from Oiskaltel. Don't have anything too major to say outside of him podiuming a Spanish 2.2 race this year. So uh, that happened. Anyway, this breakaway was ahead, and this breakaway stayed ahead for quite a bit. Although the gap was being controlled by two teams. At around three minutes for most of the stage, it felt like. Yumbo and Bora. Now, after the stage, some almonds said that Bora started controlling and Yumbo, as a consequence, was like, we might as well also do so and try and get this towards a, a sprint in that aspect. So that's how that cooperation apparently came to stands because initially Yumbo apparently didn't have the plans to have a controlled stage. She ran would have been fine with the break or winning, according to the O-Series interview of Sam Orman. Nonetheless, we go towards, most importantly, I guess, I think the Puerto de Herrera climb is the only thing we need to mention from this point onwards, because when you talk about this breakaway, yeah, the peloton kind of needs to... Yeah, okay, you had a siesta, okay. We'll talk about your siesta in a bit. <laughs> when it comes to the Puerto de Herrera, the break needs to be caught by the top, in my opinion, because otherwise you've got the chance of the peloton miscalculating the break, or no? Yeah, well, like someone like Lutschenko, you give them 30 seconds at the top and then he's going to risk threat of death on that descent. 
he could take another 15, you know, 20. Now you have a problem. So, yeah, I agree. You want them caught beforehand. Unfortunately for Lutschenko, the break just wasn't strong enough. Like, people were dropping <laughs> off and the gap was just plummeting under that pacing. Mullen, uh, Turnison, not sure if Athene pulled, Koch, the yep. Bora Hansgrohe. Uh, but, yeah, it really was st- like a status quo, just really that break into that climb. And we got to that climb. And Trek Segafredo went to the front and started pacing. And I was like, all right, fair enough. You do a false pace for Pedersen uh, because you don't want him to get dropped. You don't want another team to assume responsibility. But the pace was hard. They were dropping people. And this climb, by the way, it has a reasonable gradient, 5-7% at the start. Then the second sort of 751 kilometer is about 10% plus. And then it is 5% kilometer. And then it's basically flat. Fake news climb if we've ever seen one. And a lot of riders were under pressure. And we were like, what? Igita, who Bora presumably were riding for today, was at the back sort of yo-yoing almost. He didn't look good. Ayuso actually got dropped. Hater was sliding to the back as well. And with Hater, this is actually the perfect climb to do the Hater climbing strategy where you you know afterwards, if as long as you stay in contention, you're going to get the huge draft on the flat section at the end of the climb. So you start at the at close to the front and then you slide back on the steep section don't spike your watts and then you'll be fine in theory risk is the descent that's what he seemed to be doing but were you surprised benji to see ayuso and igita struggling on this yeah i wasn't expecting them to struggle on this we know from the tour de romania i think where higita said that he's got trouble with hay fever i don't know if that has an influence on today's stage, for example, when that has an effect on him in races. Perhaps that's what happened today. I hope that's what happened today because I want him to be in form in the coming days because I said he would win multiple stages in this Grand Tour. And if he's in this form every single day, then that would be troublesome. So obviously on a, a climb like this, you don't want to see Higita drop off the back. A Yuzo as well. Although when it comes to Yuzo, like we didn't know what to expect before the Grand Tour. Should we expect initially that he goes from G for GC the first time around? I think with his qualities, that is the obvious expectation. And that's the card he he was dealt before this grant. Or it's kind of it, the same way Rodriguez is maybe a bit further in his already packing the Palmares before this Vuelta than Ayuso, I dare to say. Rodriguez has proven himself more before this Vuelta than Ayuso has, but Ayuso has more raw talent is what i would say but both of them are gonna have the inevitable pressure that people expect them to ride for gc in this grand tour right uh yes yeah i I would have if he could do it like if he gets hard dropped on sierra nevada whatever but to be getting dropped by track pacing for mads pedersen on a punchy sort of climb yeah that's what's just really really surprising because I think there are question marks over Ayuso's long climbing, but his punch in Catalonia was really, really good. And to get dropped here, he came back, and this is what happened, he came back uh, on this climb. There weren't serious gaps on it uh, because of the shallow sections. We get to the top, there's three bonification seconds on it. Yumbo have started pacing after Trek on the flatter section. Pedersen's looking good. Roglic is their third wheel. Koos is there. Harper's doing a good job. And Alaphilippe jumps out of the peloton 
to go for the bonus seconds, which Roglic almost seemed like he was going to lose Domestique's take. It triggers Roglic to follow, who then sprints. Jay Vine also goes to them. I don't know why, actually, because <laughs> he's already <laughs> behind on GC. Um, but he looked good, I guess. Um, maybe he thought they were going to continue over the top. Uh, possible? Nah, nah, nah. I can't defend <laughs> Vine here. There's no point to do this. <laughs> Dude. He's on three minutes in GC before the stage, and he's following people that are fighting for the He thought they were the going for the stage, for... Benji. It's hard. He, he thought they were going for the stage. They Eventually. thought about it. Yeah, what do you okay. make of Alaphilippe going for those bonus seconds? I think it's a terrible idea. I think him going for those bonus seconds was most likely an attempt to take them away from Roglic. But the thing is, Roglic, like you said, he didn't really show anything that was like, oh, I'm going to go for the bonus second. So perhaps he should have been on the wheel of Roglic and taken it away if Roglic went for it, for example. Exactly. That's the more Get clever. Or did he expect to ambush Roglic by doing that? I don't know, but it's weird, eh? I'm looking through it on in a negative lens because we're about to get to the next part of this. Oh, I'll recap the stage properly. I mean, Jay Vine, we mentioned him. Zwift Academy is back. Registrations are open for 2022. If you're aiming for a pro contract like him or Neve Bradbury or just looking to kickstart your fitness with some structured sessions, Zwift Academy is running at the end of this year from September. It will help you get fitter and have more fun on the bike. Six workouts to complete with baseline rides to compare your progress before and after Zwift Academy. Thanks to Zwift for supporting the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. We get to the top. Okay, Roglic taking the bonus seconds. Remco attacks the descent. I feel like Roglic, I actually saw a little glint in his eye. I can see it through his sunglasses on TV. Um, <laughs> over the top, I think he thought about it. I think he thought about pushing on. Yeah, 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 glory. Yeah. Remco does go to the front, sort of attacking and I think Remco is comfortable descending at high speeds. I think he yes. does not like being on other people's wheel in a technical descent. That's why I think he did that. I think so as well. I think in the incidents he's had in the sense, it's always in a response to something that something occurs. I think in the Denmark thing where he straight up rode into a side lane in a corner, that was a consequence of probably miscalculating the person ahead of him or the person ahead of him making a move and him thinking, oh shit, panicking, stuff like that. I think the straight up descents, the logical descents are no problem for him. It's the responses to things that happen in the descents that are an issue for him, in my opinion. We don't know if it's still an issue. We have to see. Like, it could just be gone, but we won't know until we see it again if it's not gone. <laughs> That's kind of the issue, eh, when it comes to that? Yeah, you'll, I mean, I, I think that Lombardia crash, I remember an interview said someone did break or missed, a, missed the corner and that caused him to crash, but there's no footage of it. I Neebly, mean, yeah, but... he's, yeah, don't follow Nibali. And that's what he was pushing on. He was looking good. There were gaps being created, perhaps bigger gaps. He's got, could have happened. He's got Roglic on the wheel and Alaphilippe's not letting the gap go. He's like sixth wheel. He's not letting it go out. Uh, I don't know if there was an Ineos rider in their group as well. They've got Carapaz, Sivakov, Gagenhart, Rodriguez. I still don't know who's the GC leader. I think Sivakov is the best one. And Alaphilippe's not letting the gap go. So this was clearly the Alaphilippe stage. Uh, we could see from what Alaphilippe was doing. Uh, we get to the valley. I think one Astana rider attacks, not Nibali yet. Ne then Nibali, no? oh, Nibali yeah. goes after. There was an Astana rider before him. He was with... 
I can't remember who. Um, <laughs> and it's all anyway. They get to the base of the climb. It's very very narrow. Jumbo Visma have Roglic in good position. It's it's incredible, Benji. Like Roglic, we say, oh, positioning wise compared to Bagatcha in the Tour de France, he's not as good. But then like in this Vuelta stage. He was moving through gaps. He was leaning on people. There was so yep. much. I'd encourage people to watch the last K of this. The argy bargy at this on this climb was crazy. I do want to mention that I feel like Roglic was not positioned well at the bottom of the climb necessarily. I felt like Movistar was setting Valverde up quite nicely or Mars up quite nicely at the front. Those two. And Roglic was still in like 10th to 15th position. And there was one moment on the climb where... Roglic straight up went to the right side of the road while a Movistar rider was dropping on the right side of the road, went in between the Movistar rider and the other riders on the left side of the road. Like, that was an argy-bargy moment. He just was able to go through without touching anyone. And that's when he really moved up. And that's when he moved up into, I think, third, fourth position on the climb. And that's where he gets in that nice position where suddenly Trek starts moving up with Peterson. But I am actually not sure who was leading out Peterson on this climb. Yeah, I mean, they had Bernard did a really, really good job early for them. Good team performance from them. I think it might have been, I think it was Kenny. Maybe it was Kenny. Um, Maybe it was a bit big to be Kenny. Uh, He's been in really good shape as he showed at Burgos. And I almost feel like, Benji, the track lead out was too hard. This climb levels off in the last 100 meters, which suits Pedersen. He wants a late sprint. He's got, in terms of his peak Five seconds, one assumes it's going to be a lot bigger than Roglic, who is heavier than. But the trek leadout was really, really hard. It was perfect for Roglic. He slots right onto Pedersen's wheel, right where he needs to be. Enric Mass is there. He showed Enric Mass, I don't even know, can't even explain it anymore. Like <laughs> coming third <laughs> on this finish. Uh, he showed a Valdepanias de Jaén last year, but this is even easier than that coming third. I'm like, <laughs> inexplicable. I don't understand. Uh, Pedersen. <laughs> Being let out, Roglic sees a gap on the left-hand bend, Trek open it up. Roglic is like, thank you very much. I will have the inside line and opens up his sprint. It looks exactly like his Pyrenees 2021 ones where he's just like launching at a, he's like, no big peak. He's like, I'm going to grind you off the wheel like he did to Laporte on Sharuba. And he torches Pedersen. He just gaps him off the wheel. Pedersen can't come around because his legs... His legs were toast, and Rolich wins by bike lengths and bike lengths on Pedersen. I have to say, it's a crazy level from Pedersen. Like after the tour yep. in the heat to come second here, maybe if it was a little bit slower the climb, he could have won. Probably not, but great performance from him. Enric Mas third, Quentin Pacher fourth. I picked him. I thought it was going to be from the break, <laughs> but he's actually punching really, really hey, well this year. I told you you'd do well from the peloton. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So- us combined was a good pick for this stage when it comes to Pacher, even though I've got no credit to get to get for the Pacher <laughs> pick, and you deserve all the credit. But I do want to mention when it comes to Peterson, really strong performance. And we're talking about the lead out being too hard for Peterson. But on the other hand, he's getting second on a stage like this. And is it also because his lead out is so significant that the other riders are not strong enough anymore to beat a Peterson who doesn't have perhaps the best sprint anymore at the end of this? stage to still come past him at the end of the stage so it's all combined there because if Roglic wasn't here Pedersen has a fantastic lead out and he wins the stage and if Roglic is a tiny bit worse same occasion so I think it's about small percentages and nothing too major there and I think that 
it's something to be admired and not necessarily criticize what Treg did here with Peterson. And they actually, I think Peterson said in the post-race interview that his goal for this Velta is getting the green jersey. I think after Ooh. this stage, he's second on nine points of Sam Bennett. And if he can continue doing stuff Rolish like this, then I fear so as well after seeing what happened today <laughs> when it comes to Rolish. But yeah. it depends on how many stages go to the break and yeah. not to the break. Because with Higita showing this form, will Bora be willing to do the same work in similar stages in the future? Well, yeah, let's finish the top 10 and you'll hear, you won't hear his name. Sivakov, great in fifth. O'Connor, sixth. Hayter, seventh. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second. Avon Apollo will also talk about eighth. Kelderman, ninth. Hindley, tenth. Gagenhart, eleventh. Koos, twelfth. Same time. They're all in a group. There was then a gap, and it's Simon Yates, thirteenth. He loses seven seconds. Other GC contenders of note who lose seven seconds are uh, Carapaz, Lander, Almeida, Carthy, McNulty, Menkes, Rodriguez, uh, C Rod, I think. Uh, El Patron. El Patron. It's not one for him, is it? Uh, Miguel Angel <laughs> Lopez loses seven seconds. Butrago, kind of surprising. Butrago wasn't in Group 1, frankly. I uh, thought he'd be really good on this. Uh, and that's that's about it from the GC guys. But yeah, seven seconds could have been more. On a Gita Benji, they paced all day, and then he's almost dropping on that. That climb is really surprising. Like, there's no way they're riding for Kelderman and Hindley on this climb with with Roglic here. Um, I just, I it's in. I don't understand it. Right? It's just he just doesn't have the form because, like, he's he's fast. Um, we saw him. Didn't he win the Tour de Polonia? Punchy one. Who? He did when Berwick destroyed Carapaz, and then Igita came back and he won that. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah Igita yeah, won yeah. that. I don't know. Um. I want to talk for one more second about Evan Apul and Alaphilippe on this final climb. We yes. saw for a moment that I think halfway to climb, Von Wilder was at the front. Like this is I swear every single commentator on planet Earth it's has at some point gotten Von Wilder and Evan Apul wrong in some shape or form because they look so similar except for the riding style of Von Wilder. He's a Von tiny Wilder's bit bigger. more blocky on, on his bike. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to mention Von Wilder was looking back to look where Evenepoel was. Perhaps the goal was for Von Wilder to position Evenepoel at the front, but that failed because Von Wilder was looking for Evenepoel. And like you said, Alaphilippe was likely going for his own chances on the stage. But is that a mistake? And would it have looked different if Von Wilder was able to position Evenepoel properly on this climb? Quickstep had an absolute shocker today. If I have to be consistent, remember when I... I went off about gifting Pagatcha four bonus seconds in the Tour de France, which were ultimately irrelevant. Yeah. Well, the same applies here. They didn't pace the break back, fine, whatever, but the Alaphilippe, he stuffed the intermediate, uh, the bonification sprint. He then didn't let the gap go to Remco on the descent. Quickstep have three riders in this big group. That's terrible. Three riders, Mazanada, uh, Seri, Dries Devenines, Cavagna. Where are they? They were all dropped, I think. I mean, I'm looking through. I'm, I'll, I'm getting ready to apologize. To, yeah. Dries Devenines, Vivica, Seri, Cavagna, Mazanada, all on like 10 minutes plus on a, a stage that Trek rode for Pedersen in a group that reached the base of that final climb 50 deep. That's not good enough. 
for a team that this is the same team that was pacing the Hayisca Bell in Clásica San Sebastian. So like, it's not like this is so hard. Do we have to start fearing? I think we had a positive COVID at a quick step before the Vuelta started, one of their uh, sports true. directors. Do we have to start fearing that it might have an effect on a rider here or there in this team? I hope not, eh? Let's be honest about I it. I hope Let's not, hope but it... this, this today is mind-blowingly bad from those guys, unless they're doing some big brain, we don't need to be there in the finish, but that does not make sense <laughs> to me. Because Remco, Ilan van Wilder did a great job trying to bring Remco up. Remco is in a really bad position. And yeah, like, I can't criticize Yumbo, which I, they did get the stage win for Wavanar, and then not say, like, really, Quickstep? You're going to let Philippe go for his own result to the point where he doesn't let gaps go to Remco. He ends up on 28 seconds on this finish to Mads Pedersen, Julian Alaphilippe. Like, does, he must know his... How is he on 30 seconds, Benji? Like, literally not yeah. competitive on the finish. And they have one rider in the group bringing Remco up. Like you against Primoz Roglic, back to back to back winner. You cannot, you cannot afford to do that. And Remco, to his credit, finished on the same time from a dog shit position. Like they need to sort it out. If if there's not enough other riders in the group and they want to go for GC, then you can't be trying to play both against against someone like Roglic uh, at the Vuelta. So if I, if I'm Lefebvre and Amitapoa, I'd be having be having some words this evening about come on that wasn't good enough and tomorrow has to be about Remco uh but yeah anything else before we move on to that stage anyone else surprised O'Connor looks good finishing that group uh like I'm not surprised Almeida was on a gap of seven seconds that's just like he probably entered in a bad position anyone surprise you with how well or poorly they did can we talk about the Australians in this race where is where is Vine and Plap today unfortunately Vine on a minute. Is he losing time on purpose? I don't know. I don't you know. hope so. I would never. <laughs> I'm never privy to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm punchy finish, but yeah, here we go for stages. One would think, or trying to backdoor GC like Hague did last year. If he is, I don't know, but I don't think losing a minute here really, really matters. Uh, for Vine, Froome lost 14 for minutes. Lap it does. I think for Plap, it makes him domestique from this point onwards. I think, yeah. I think he already was. Like, he was going back to look for Hater on that climb. I think they already have, like, Sivakov, Gegenhardt, Carapaz, Rodriguez. There's already four guys who are going for GC. It's almost... I know I, know I would have liked him to go for it, but I think that was wishful thinking. Um, no, yeah, Hindley looks good. He's in that group. Carapaz, I'm actually surprised he did lose time. That's not great, actually. Maybe he got caught up in the RG bargy. I don't know, but GC. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sorry. I think when it comes to the people that are on seven seconds, we need to consider positioning and yeah. the RG bargy on the final climb as a potential reasoning towards them losing time. I, I don't expect most riders on seven seconds here to be terrible on the longer mountain stage where positioning doesn't matter. For example, I think we'll see a difference there. Although it does show how certain teams were able to position themselves better on the climb like this. And even an Avenipool, who was not in a good position, was able to get out of that bad position and still get a, a decent result for what we expect from a guy like him on a finish like this. Like, this is not an Avenipool stage. This is a Roglic slash hater stage. And we're not allowed, haters... No, no, they're not called hater oh. stages anymore when they have World okay. Tour designation. 
If it's Doc Pro it, Andalusia, hater stage, not world. Aren't tour. these the Matthew stages or or the court stage or are we like this is a Matthew stage? They're now they're now called Matthew stages again. Roglic stages. Eh, no, because the, the beauty of <laughs> the beauty of Roglic is everyone overlooks him for the stage, and then he's like, "How did you forget about me?" It just tortures everybody. But yeah, hater. <laughs> Hater being beaten by Enric Mas on this finish. <laughs> well, through Spanish, is very, very strange. Tomorrow's stage, Irum to Bilbao, runs along the coast or from the border with France along the Basque Country to Bilbao. It's pretty flat, though, as it goes past San Sebastian. Uh, doesn't go up any, doesn't go up the Hayes Gabel or Erlites or anything like that. And they do sort of 4Ks 5%, 4Ks 5.6% back-to-back as they get uh, towards Bilbao, north of the motorway. They then do two repetitions of the Alto del Vivero, 4.6Ks, 8 point, no, sorry, 8%. Let me just, I got to check in Basque Country, always got to check the actual profile. It goes 75 7.5, 10%, 6%, 8% is the climb. Uh, the last climb or repetition they do has a bonus gate on the top just like today that crest 14.5 k's from the finish about 13 to 12 k's of that is just pure descent and then it's about a one kilometer flat sprint or 2k sprint in bilbao uh i think i think avonapold needs to send this benji and my question is if he does if you're Avonapol, do you work with Roglic? And if you're Roglic, do you work with Avonapol? Because Roglic is going to be able to follow him. I think they should work with each other. Um, wait, let's let's take this differently first. Let's talk about how the team should approach it. Because if you're a quick step, like, I wouldn't be the team controlling the stage. You don't have enough riders that are no. significant to do that. I'm thinking about trying to get riders in the breakaway that are likely not going to make it over the climbs in the first place with an Avonapool group and using those as potential satellite riders between uh, the two Alto de Viveros, for example. I haven't figured out where an Avonapool should attack, probably on the second last Vivero, to be honest. And I also think that the Morga is that 3.6% is on paper not serious enough to be able to get away for an Avonapool leader, even though he's better at the lower grade is than a than a 14 percent for example but i'd argue it might be too easy for him to get away a 3.6 percent section so second last alto de vivero is the one where i'm shouting an evenable attack perhaps you think that's too early well no you've you've got me thinking and it's now like if this was stage 20 what would we say if roglic was 30 seconds ahead of evenable we would say get Someone like, maybe that's what they were doing, losing time today, but get Seri <laughs> or Maznada or Vivica in the breakaway for yeah. that flat, because they do one lap of Bilbao before they do the last Vivero. It's about 13 kilometers of flat. You'll need some help there. Well, Avonapol doesn't really. We would say blow this up on the, the second last Vivero. And to be honest, some people look suspect. you got to try people. Like well, there was this one yeah. soft climb today. And there's people getting dropped. And then Remco's pushing the descent. There's nearly splits. And Rolich was there looking good. So this is harder tomorrow. 4.6K is 8% after some climbs beforehand. Uh, the Morga climb is not that hard, though. Um, <clears throat> pretty much just a little punchy at the end. I don't know. Probably a bit early. 
is second last one if Roglic doesn't go with. The problem for Remco Benji is if Roglic doesn't go with him, then they will chase him super hard and his gains will be limited. Um, but it's still Remco. It is, but it's just, I don't know. If I was him, to be honest, I would go on the last one and just send the descent to be, and then hope Roglic joins me. And then Sivakov and Rodriguez and see which Ineos guy is willing to work with each other. Uh, I, I think going on the second last one will be difficult, but, I mean, did he go on the high school? He went on no lights, but that's way, way, way harder. But the quick Roglic, though, why why would Roglic work with Remco? Why would Roglic work with Remco? He's in red. No point to. But... If you're gaining time on a Hindley, Kelderman, who can be very annoying in week two and three, on the Ineos guys, and it just means that Remco stays the same gap behind you, and you could be thinking there's a decent chance Remco blows up on Sierra yeah, Nevada true. or makes a big mistake. I, I think it's worth it to work with Avonapol if I was I Robert. think it depends on how far from the finish line. If it's, let's say, your situation happens, Remco attacks on Vivero, Roglic joins on Vivero, then it's only one descent to the line and a sprint that on paper Roglic beats Evenepoel on. So that's bonus seconds for Roglic if he helps out in that situation and time gain on other people. So in that situation, I see it useful. If we're talking about second last climb, I'd rather see him wait and create a situation where Yumbo's in control again with more than just Roglic in the group, for example. You know? Yes. I think... Then the question is, yeah, what if there's Enric Mast there? What if you got five guys there and you're Roglic? Like, do you really want to pace? Yeah, it's difficult. I think, hopefully... I mean, what's the point in Avonapol skipping a stage that really, really should shoot, suit him tomorrow? And you said, how would they set it up, Benji? I think the breakaway wins tomorrow. If you're Yumbo yep. Visma, you've got the stage win. You've had the red jersey for four or five days. I think you let the break win. Uh, you even you let someone strong but not too strong take the jersey, a la Quentin Pache, Jay Vine sort of guy, um, and you hope they can hold it for this soft first week. And then, yes, you have Quick Step Benji. Alaphilippe needs to set Remco up on Vivero. Van Vilder's strong too. Uh, and that's what, and the, but that will be behind the breakaway. So uh, we also need to make a formal apology to Jay Vine, Benji. I think he was going for KOM points on the climb. But why? To get the KOM jersey. Okay. Okay. We're making a formal apology. I'm not making a formal apology. I don't. I'm, I have zero interest in the Vuelta KOM jersey, unless it comes from actual like mountain stages where. Wait till Nibali starts more. going for it. Wait till Nibali gets in the break and Nibali and Vine going for him. Benji be like, "This is actually, if you really think about it, it's more prestigious <laughs> than GC because yes. Nibali's won all Grand Tours and multiple monuments." So you know, <laughs> all right, formal apology made. Who do you think wins tomorrow? Who do you think take, takes red? Uh, do you think it's breakaway? When it comes to the stage when I'm looking at people like Rain Tarame is the name that comes to mind. Yes. I feel like he's got the strength on the type and had the uphill climbing abilities to be able to be one of the strongest riders in the breakaway. So he's one of those riders I'm thinking about. And I'm also going to pick your pick for uh, today's stage. 
content pas cher. Can I do that? Can I rob you? You can. You can. You can. I, okay. I didn't pick him for every stage. Um, Will anyone chase a 1210GC content pas cher? I don't think so. Like, he's on 51 seconds, but I don't necessarily see it. Or do you think that's too close? Tarami is on two minutes together with Pozzo Vivo, Mankeys, Bacalon. So that's like the entire team of Antomache being on two minutes in GC. People that are far in GC. I'd love to see a Vitebetic from DSM in the breakaway. Wasn't he like KOM jersey in Romandy? One of those Swiss races. Don't don't you do that to me? Didn't he win it? Did he win a stage? He didn't win a stage. He probably didn't no. win a stage. What am I thinking? Uh, I don't even know what stage, what race it was. Okay, was it last year? Could have been he last won year. Won Espoirs last year. Catalonia, it was. Yes. What did he do I don't know Catalonia? what he did there. He was KOM jersey and GC leader after stage two. Okay. I think the person who takes the jersey won't win the stage. I think Thomas de Gent wins the stage. Um, and Same no, Barcelona, mate. <laughs> he won't Euro stage. He beat Binny yeah, in MVP. Right. It had right. nothing to do with Binny nerfing MVP too. <laughs> it was all straight <laughs> up. Beat them in a sprint. Uh, don't, no one watched that last kilometer to disprove that. Uh, uh, I think someone... Yeah, I really think Movistar should let Verona in the break. Like, this is the perfect stage for Verona. They I, they really need the points. Master's looking good. Uh, I would let Verona in the break. I mean, this is... If, if I was the DS of Movistar, Benji, which probably yeah. never, ever happening, I would get <laughs> Verona in the break and I would use Enric Mass good legs and try and secure a, a top five GC position tomorrow by going in a group on going hard on second last Vivero yeah. Verona's a beast and then if Remco and Roglic go with you whatever they need the points and a podium is fine he'll you know he should podium I think Mars looks really really good uh so but yeah I'm going with uh who else looked lively Tarame's a nice pick Champusant Nut Jungle's got drops uh Nibali should Standard? go on the break Stand out it. Yeah. What do you feel about him now? He lost like 10 minutes today. Was that on purpose? I don't know. So hard to know. Yeah. Adria, those riders, he fell on his face though in one of the one of the sprints. So I don't know how good he's gonna be anymore. What do you expect from Marco Brenner in this Grand Tour? Do you expect him to go in breakaways? There's so many questions, but I stick with Tarame or Pacher. Yeah, I'm picking two riders. That's illegal, but I'll do it. I think. De Gento Verona wins the stage and Mark Padun takes the red jersey from the breakaway. He's on 152, uh, so that's not too bad. And I think he's a guy you can probably give the jersey to. It's not He's going to lose a lot in the TT. But yeah, it's interesting, this Vuelta. Uh, Roglic looks good. I'm not... The Vuelta isn't over yet. Uh, this was the finish that sort of suits him, but... Yeah, Roglic is really looking really, really good. I think that's good for the race. Uh, the last question I have for you, Benji, is Ineos. Um, who do you think is the top dog right now based on an 800-meter punch? <laughs> How am I supposed to guess this based on this? They're, they're fourth with Hafer in GC, fourth with Sivakov, fifth with Gegenhard. They are seventh with Carapaz and eighth with Carlos Rodriguez. Like, I have to triple down on, <laughs> on my Carlos Rodriguez pick, even though... It doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> uh, this this say, finish doesn't suit him. Yeah, that's true, but... Rodriguez, leader, obviously. <laughs> okay. 
I'm going I'm with Sivakov. Uh, I think they should have ridden for Gagan Hart for the stage today, though. Um, but it's curious they didn't ride for Hater because um, it's, yeah, he's a bit inconsistent. But yeah, that was Love Welter, stage four. Lots to talk about the first sort of road stage that affected GC. I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. Maybe absolutely nothing on GC, and it's just a breakaway fought between Omanika or Pierna or whatever, and, and that's it. So yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for the lift as always, and we'll see you with a recap tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.